You are listening to the Young Western Podcast with your hosts, Cheyenne and Montana Donuquette, where we talk about all things from Western lifestyle to your dating stories and honestly everything in between that. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. Okay, guys, we're back with another episode of the Young Western Podcast, and today we have another special guest on for you guys. We have the Bower Racer Gone businesswoman, Kate Reed. Now, Kate is the face behind the very well-known Western store, Katie B, and more recently, the Cowboys Closet. Kate, how are you today? I'm good, Cheyenne. Thank you for having me. That is okay. Now, I think I got everything right in that intro. I um, I don't know why. I'm really struggling today. <laughs> must be just one of those days it must be now just to touch on things quickly you have Katie B the Cowboys closet and this you you have a storefront in Rocky is that right because I feel like I know you more from like going to all the rodeos and you're always there or like the events yeah that's right so um like you said we have done a lot of events over the years and we continue to do a lot of events um with pop-up shops but uh at the end of 2018 I opened the shop front in Rockhampton so initially it was just KDB downstairs but the building is a two-story building and we have upstairs and downstairs so um we then progressed with the growth of the Cowboys Closet which opened in 2017 as an online store and now is on the second level of our building so we're KDB downstairs and the Cowboys Closet upstairs. Nice so in the beginning and I'm going to go back to the start and I shouldn't be asking these questions now but while I'm thinking about it in the beginning you guys were predominantly online and at events is that right? Yes correct so uh, the shop front I guess was just a progression with growth of the business. But certainly when I started out, uh, I started with absolutely nothing and started very small. I used to do uh, three by three pop-ups, which is so hard to imagine. You know, when we go to Warwick now, like we have a 20 meter frontage and we still are so pushed for space. Um, so yeah, we, we were originally uh, pop-up shops and online only, and then progressed to the shop front once the business grew to uh, needing to have, uh, I guess, somewhere for some people to come and shop and also somewhere for us to pick and pack orders and service our online customers. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of what I, I think is um, pretty intriguing about your story. I feel like there are so many people in this horse industry, whether it be bow racing, camp driving, whatever it might be, who are really trying to work out a way that we can have businesses or fund ourselves. This is somewhat of an expensive hobby. And I feel like you've kind of been able to do that from, you are still really young, like from a really young age and KDB has been going for a long time. How long, how long ago did you start KDB? Um, I started it in 2010. So that was actually the first year after I finished university. So I studied journalism and marketing at university, got my first job with a newspaper in Townsville and started KDB in that year. Wow. Well, let's go back to the start because I feel like we need to probably build a bit of a story. Um, where did, did you start like rodeoing when you were pretty young? Like how did you get into rodeo? Was this something that you or families into? Oh, and I'm, uh, I'm yeah, so, predominantly you're in rodeo. Like I'm speaking of someone who's only seen you bow race <laughs> and it being in our um, 
Yeah, I do actually camp draft as well. Um, just a, just a little bit. I'm going to say I dabble in it. I, I wouldn't say that it's um, something I do a whole lot of, but um, my family have uh, been involved in rodeo and also camp drafting. So I guess it was just a natural progression. Um, predominantly we have, as a family, we have beef cattle. That's basically what most of my family um, does for income. Uh, so we use horses to muster cattle um, and then have fun on weekends, I guess. So it's, um, yeah, it's just something I've been born into. Yeah. And so your parents are, they're property owners, is that right? I'm just trying to like get the vibe of are you born into a family of like entrepreneurs or? Um, yeah, I mean, my mum's always been um, involved in some business and um, has had cattle as well. Yeah. So how did KDB kind of happen? So I'm, I'm just trying to pin the pieces together. You went to the high school rodeo finals as a teenager, I assume? Yeah, I did. Um, so I was like 16, 17, about in 2005, 2006, um, went over to the high school rodeo finals. And when I was there, I saw the trade shows. Um, so they they have a whole trade show of, you know, various businesses that come and bring goods and some of them might be sponsors and some of them are businesses much like my own now um, that just come along and trade at the event um so when I was there I saw so many uh brands that weren't in Australia and also the general concept of um having brands brought to the consumer which I thought was great and there was a real opportunity for growth within Australia and thankfully uh because of growth in the equine industry it has brought a about growth in the uh, trade show market at these events, which is really great to see. Yeah, definitely. So you're 16 or so, you go back home, you're still in school, I assume, then you went and studied journalism. Like, was this just something that was always in the back of your mind, kind of? Um, did you have an interest in, like, fashion or anything like that or more of an interest in business or was it kind of like, if I do this, it might mean that I get to be on the road at these events and also fun myself a bit um yeah so I didn't actually do anything about it for quite a while I guess I just planted the seed and I was um always thinking about it in the back of my mind but I guess at that point in my life my plan was to finish year 12 and go to uni and when I went to university I actually started in a business degree and surprisingly enough I didn't like it at all but I absolutely love business um so it's it is kind of funny that you know it didn't appeal to me when I started university but the marketing side um and writing and journalism and that type of thing really did so um I believe in that first semester at uni, one of my business subjects was marketing. And then that's what made me like move over to that journalism and marketing type degree. Um, so a bit of a combination, I think. Like I, I do definitely have an interest in fashion. Yes, I love business. Marketing and writing is something I'm also passionate about, but probably above all 
I'm most interested in helping people. You know that feeling when you go into a store and you actually need something like you're like, oh, my jeans don't fit or I can't find something that's comfortable and you walk in and someone is so helpful and, you know, they are like, yes, I know what can help you. Um, I know what will fit great. That's what I aim to give to every customer that comes into my store and that's what I hope that all of my staff um, achieve with our customers as well so it's more about helping people for me that's what I really love more I think about it like you just seem your personality and the more I hear you're just kind of like that perfect storm to bring this um to have brought this kind of bigger business or supply and demand to the customer like I don't think that as someone who also at 16 went to the high school or I was a little older but went to the high school rodeo finals I certainly wasn't going into the stalls being like wow I wish you know we had more access to this in Australia I was just like I'm gonna buy everything that I can see and then I'm gonna just think about riding horses like I think you must have a very type a personality where you kind of like goal driven you see an opportunity but also have that part of you whether that the passion in you to to actually kind of help people and and that's what's that storm's kind of what's made you quite successful in this yeah I guess so um yeah, I mean I'm I'm actually not a big consumer of goods myself. Like I I'm not a huge shopper. I don't go and buy heaps of stuff. I'll you know use things until they're done. Like I'm you know that's just the type of person I am. Um so I I guess yeah, it is it is for me a lot about helping people like and you know people come back because they're happy with what they found last time and they know that through conversation and you know hashing things out and working out what doesn't fit them and then trying some things and working out what does that whether it's service over the phone or in person in the shop here or at pop-ups um you know we can usually find something to suit most customers which I am pretty pretty proud of and um yeah I I hope that people feel like they can come and talk to me and ask me questions when they see us. So it wouldn't even have to have been smart in your, it's not even, you haven't been smart because I think it's just your natural instinct was especially 13 years ago when you started. And I I can still remember 10 years ago. So we could always just message you and be like, Hey, do you have this exact style? Or I want like um, that (laughs) 10 years ago, it's probably like that low rise or whatever pair of like cowgirl tops, whatever it might've been. But there was that always that really familiar, I guess, customer service, but but it didn't even feel like that. Like we could just contact you and say, hey, this is what I need. And um, instead of, because especially back then too, there really, there just wasn't, you couldn't go and talk to anyone about or try on jeans or anything. You just had to like try your luck and buy through some huge big American place and hope to God that they fitted like they do on the actual models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is so true. And yeah, I mean, I like to keep it keep it really, you know, open with people that they they can ring the shop. And if they want to talk to me, like, yeah, I don't sit with the phone all day and it might be one of the other girls that will answer it, but they can always, but you know, come come get me. Gone on to hire have all had that very similar kind of um, relationship with the consumer, I would say. Like I feel pretty, I, I feel like you've always kind of maintained that. Yeah, I guess I guess it's something that um it hasn't probably been a conscious thing. It's just kind of natural for right. me. Like I I like yeah. to 
keep um, good relationships with my customers, um, you know, many of who are friends as well and many of who um, I compete alongside, you know, at barrel races, at camp drafts. Like, um, so well, it's, a, it's a really tightly woven web. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the same as in the, like if you're in the industry of selling or training horses or anything like that, you have to be so conscious. You can't be in it purely for the money because if you're going in it purely for the money and you want to screw people over or whatever it might be, you have to also realize that you have to see these people every single weekend and that your business only has a certain amount of longevity when you kind of act like that. So I think that, and yeah, that is definitely the vibe of the whole of KDB. Like you would only seems like you only hire people who really are consumers of the like of your genes and, and of the goods that you guys have. So they really can give personal like testimony to different brands and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess, um, you know, employee wise, I'm really blessed with a good team of um, women that work alongside me. And, um, you know, I feel like they also have that really, open, friendly, come chat to me type, uh, personality, which is, which is important because, you know, I I want everyone to walk into our shop, whether it's a pop-up or the shop front in Rockhampton and feel completely comfortable and feel that, you know, confident that we can help, uh, with whatever, you know, their need might be. Definitely. So going way back to 13 years ago, where it all began, you were working in Townsville for a paper. Is that right? Mm, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of decided to like take the leap on this was it something that did you have to think much about it or you kind of just always back yourself you're like stuff it let's do this we'll be fine uh no I am the absolute safest slowest decision maker you might ever yeah. come across like I I am like won't you know I'm not a I'll I'll go for something and go for something hard once I've made the decision but I'm gonna like think about it and hash it over and uh do excel spreadsheets and work it out and you know do uh I must say I'm a a bit of a like uh figures figures person I guess I you know I I think about everything a lot so um no I thought about it for ages and I worked out that you know even if it wasn't long-term successful um I thought I could give it a try without it um, causing me any financial loss. So that was where I started. Um, and the first brand of jeans, which you would remember, I believe it was Addicted. Oh, yes, do re- I do. Yeah, yeah. So you used to sell a lot of them. That's a blast from the past. Mm, isn't it? So, um, and I, I saw them, I believe at the high school finals and that was how I got onto them. And then I tracked them down years later and was like, Oh, you know, I'd love to sell your product. And, um, that, I mean, they did quite well for us and we, we sold a lot over the years in Australia, but, um, yeah, they, they ceased production. So that was something external to my business that, um, you know, made me not sell them anymore, I guess. So you started with just jeans, mainly? um, and arena shirts, um, some accessories. You know, like bling handbags were such a big thing back then. You know, everyone now is into like genuine leather handbags that are super pricey, and obviously they're they're great quality and whatever. But um, thirteen years ago, everyone was into um, like your polyurethane fake leather bling handbags so um yeah that that was what we did because that was what people were wanting 
and you just like funded this through the job that you had you like went out and invested in this product and then kind of your business started from there is that right um there's there is a bit of a funny story and it's not probably a, a publicly known story and when I say funny it's not really all that funny but it um I I had um, obviously I've done my figures and I thought yep I can make this work so off I went to the bank uh with my business plan which was fairly decent at the time and it wasn't a lot of money I wanted to borrow um but they wouldn't lend me the money. So that was a bit disappointing. I was like, oh, and I, I didn't have any money. Like I, I couldn't, oh, I really? like uh, 20, how old was I? Uh, 22, I would have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I didn't, didn't have, didn't have any money in the bank. And um, I had a credit card, which, you know, credit laws were, were far more lax than than what they are today. So I had come across this credit card because the bank had sent me an invitation to have a credit card while I was at university and I was short of money to pay for textbooks. So I took up the credit card and I would like buy my textbooks and then I'd pay it off uh, during the semester. And then when I got to the end of university, I don't know, I must have just like got a bit behind. And anyway, I the credit card was maxed out, but I went to the bank and said, well, could I get the loan to start this business? So no, they wouldn't give me the loan. I, I guess maxed out credit card. That's probably a good enough reason. But um, mm-hmm. they then sent me an invitation to double the credit limit on the said credit card. Wow, and I, I I mean I guess it was just banking back then it wasn't as regulated they they wouldn't give me a loan which would have been lower interest but they immediately sent me an invitation to increase my credit limit so I like I I was like oh well this isn't such a bad idea I'm a bit of a gambler in some ways I backed myself that it would work and that's what I did I took out the extra limit on the credit card and that's what funded the start of KDB. I love that. That's so funny. Also, though, um, going back to the fact that you were using your credit card to pay for textbooks, I feel like that's a very responsible uni student. I feel like a lot of people in uni with a credit card would have been like, I reckon I can get by without the textbooks, but I definitely do need to go to the mad cow this weekend. No, it was pretty well just strictly textbooks. That is, that. Go- I feel like that's a real um kind of, that describes your personality pretty well. I feel like you're somewhat responsible. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you started, um, did you, how did, how did you go online from that? Did you build a website pretty quick or did you just get this product and then start going to events or like? Yeah, I went, I went to events first. Um, I mean, building a website these days is so easy with Shopify. Like I use Shopify myself um, and there's various other um, companies you can use as well that make it pretty simple, but it wasn't as simple to have a website back then. And especially not one, like it was like two separate things, like having a website was one thing, but having an online store was like an add on um, that long ago. So um, yeah, I, I did the website pretty quickly though, but I used, and I can't even remember, you know, who it was, but some local Australian based company to do me up the website and, um, 
the online store. But I mean, it was a lot more complex than it is now with Shopify. Like it was far more difficult to upload things. And um, so pop-ups were definitely um, my primary choice of selling products. Uh, and I I went all around North Queensland because I was in Townsville. So I did, um, you know, pop-ups at like Mariba Rodeo and Georgetown Rodeo and Bartlett Park at Townsville and oh, I, I don't even know where else we went, like Ainsley, I think, um, at Easter. Uh, a lot of those really, really great northern rodeos. Um, and I made a lot of friends up there and a lot of those customers still support the business today. And, you know, I'm always grateful when I I see people from North Queensland who supported me back then because I look at me back then and I think, wow, like, you know, I am so, so grateful that they chose to buy anything from me um, because if it wasn't for them in that first year, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. And even like, I just want to touch on the fact that you're like a 22 year old that max out a credit card to start a business and then would go to these big rodeos and stuff that I know some of them are like very big parties and things like that and you're going there to run your business over going there to compete and like hang out at the bar all night like I know that's it is what it is but I think I do see a lot of young people coming through that want to start businesses or they want to somehow learn how to like fund their lifestyle on the road but I don't know whether they would be willing to make those kind of sacrifices even though when you look at it you're like that's pretty it's like second nature. I can't imagine that was a huge decision for you. Yeah, it probably wasn't. I mean, I was, I was still, um, I guess social where I could be, but there's a lot of work in pop-up shops, like the time to set up and the time to pack back up at the end. Um, you know, I might, I might go socialize at the bar afterwards or whatever, but much like my life still is today if you go and do a pop-up somewhere like you're going to be packing up for hours and hours and hours uh last year at Warwick um distinctly sits in my mind and it was midday Monday and we were still in the shed packing up and Warwick was a ghost town like every everyone had gone and we were still there, um, you know, loading shop fittings and packing up. So it's, um, it is a lot of work and you do have to make choices, I guess, if you're prepared to, uh, you know, not live the fun life that happens at these events. Um, and they do, they do become definitely um, more, more about work. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of the fact that you have spoken to people for, 12 hours that day you know Warwick we do nine until nine some nights and we have spoken to people one after the other or in some cases there'll be like three people in a change room and you've got two you know two people on the go and another staff member might be handling the other person in the other change room but it's hard to keep conversation and keep track of where you're at when you're helping multiple people at once and making sure that everyone that comes in is um, spoken to and um, made feel welcome in the shop it's like emotionally draining Mm. yeah it is and sometimes you just want to sit quietly yeah yeah I just kind of like scroll through TikTok or something I'm just like dying in my head Mm. Um, yeah that's pretty much it yeah I can imagine um so going on from there how quickly did well how did the kind of pop-ups grow like um I'm just trying to get a gauge of I guess you just kept going to events then you started selling a lot more online within the first few years or 
Um, yeah, I did. Um, and just investing in the business, um, putting putting everything back into the business, looking for new products, um, just keeping ahead of at the paper this time. yeah I, I worked for years like um and I, I never took a wage from business for such a long time like I'm gonna say maybe maybe like five years like 2015 or something um and I like I would work full-time um like as a journalist in the day and then work at night until you know midnight a lot of times um to make sure that I got back to everyone on Facebook and I ordered stock that was coming in and I did all the special orders because like you said you know if people wanted particular things I would always order them in um is that that kind of got too much um after a while and I you know, just, I guess I just couldn't really keep it up anymore. And, you know, it might've been later than 2015 because I feel like Tanika came to work for me, um, in 2017, I believe after she finished school and, um, it was her and I that first worked here at the shop in Rocky. Um, and she still works here. She's actually here today with me. And, um, yeah, it was at that point that I really needed help. So it, it could have been longer than five years, you know, like it could have been, yes, it could have been six like- years or so. And I never took a wage out of the business. Like I worked within the business. And when I say I invested everything back in, like I didn't pull anything out. Like it was, it was all about trying to turn it into a business that would actually stand on its own two feet um, and support uh, a wage for myself and a wage for someone else so we could do the best by everyone that had supported us because, you know, it got to a point where I couldn't um, service uh, people as well as I wanted with uh, 24 hours in the day because I needed some sleep as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is necessary, unfortunately. And I guess you would have been spending most weekends at events and things like that, packing up, like, the other thing too that people probably not aren't realizing, but in the start of those in those first few few years, you're not ordering huge amounts of stock, so you're paying like your shipping and things like that. It is your margin is quite small as compared to when you can start to order a lot larger amounts of stock and things like that. Um. Yeah. It like. I, I guess um, it is, but then it reduces your risk as well if you're only ordering, um, you know, small, smaller amounts of stuff. And I guess you're getting getting things as people um, want them, but then the work increases um, when you're doing small orders regularly compared to some bigger orders, um, you know, spaced out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when... How did you like? How did you sort of decide to take that leap into getting the storefront? You had, I guess, you had Tanika at that point, but what kind of were you drawing a wage, or were you still working at this point, or no? So I wasn't. I wasn't working anymore then. So some sometime around then, I went. So I reckon around 2015, maybe I started going back to working part time and then working part time in the business. So I was split between the two um 
And then I progressed to not working elsewhere at all and just working 100% in the business, which saw a lot of growth in the business, I guess, because I was really putting my full attention into it. Uh, it created a lot of growth. Um, and then it got to the point where I couldn't manage it even full-time myself. Um, it was yeah. like too too much, too many man hours required um, between unpacking stuff and packing orders and social media and getting back to people um, on email and Facebook and phone calls and whatever. So then um, Tanika was doing some pop-ups with me uh, because she had finished school and she was uh, working elsewhere as well. So we used to just kind of um, join up and go to some events. Um, but I was personally, you know, too busy within the business. So, uh, at that point I knew I could justify having a shop front, uh, because of our online, um, business and also, uh, could justify having Tanika on board. So that was when I, bit the bullet at the end of 2018 and um yeah her and I uh, both were working in the business so she came on board as a full-time employee then and uh opened the shop front here in Rockhampton and it was all pretty smooth sailing like what you opened the shop front in Rocky there was no kind of I guess it, it, I don't know I would have had a it would have been a big decision you know um, yeah, it was a big decision, but once again, I'd really worked it out. You know, I'd mulled over it so much and I I knew it was a safe decision. Like I, I wouldn't have done it if I knew that it wouldn't succeed. Um, obviously, it potentially could have not succeeded in regards to people walking through the door, but I knew it was a safe decision because of my sales history with online sales. So I wasn't going to lose everything over this decision of opening a shop front. It, it potentially may not have worked um, from having a shop front perspective, but it was still going to be a place where we could go to work each day. We could have everything hung up, easy to pick and like pack orders, that type of thing. But um, as it turned out, the shop front has been really well supported in Rockhampton. And I did have a lot of existing clients in central Queensland uh, from coming up here and doing uh, Paradise Lagoons camp draft. So we always came and did a pop up here. Um, and those people have then supported me really, really well here in the shop front. Yeah, nice. Did you have anyone like through all this that kind of mentored you in business or did you just kind of learn as you went? Yeah, no, I really didn't. I um, I just I like kind of. Media, I feel like there is so many, so many. I feel like there is actually a lot of like mentors out there on social media and things like that these days with businesses. But I feel like that's something that we all kind of had to learn if you're in business, learn reasonably quick with the times. I feel like it's something you have. You've grown your like online presence. You've got like fifteen thousand followers on Instagram and forty. 2000 on Facebook like that that that's a pretty large following yeah and I haven't um I haven't had any mentors or anyone that's you know externally come into the business um whether that be marketing or social media or business assistance um yeah I've just kind of 
I guess, figured things out and researched things myself and, um, yeah, done it that way. Yeah, nice. And I guess you just have a really good core following. Like you have a, your followers are really, they engage and you have a really kind of loyal base, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Um, But I, I hope that they feel like I give a fair bit back to them as well you know like I I um like to try my best to make sure that if people are shopping with us that they're given the extra assistance like all the new styles of jeans that come in like I try them on because most people know what I look like they've met me in real life and they can you know have a visual aspect of oh yeah well that's what Kate looks like and she's wearing these new jeans and she's got this size on um so I want to keep it always very uh, personal and linked to me. Yeah, and that's that, going back to the start, that's that whole big emphasis that you've always had on customer service um, and that's why your brand is, and especially in this industry, like people really do value um, that kind of loyal, honest brand, I would say. You're also really easy to deal with. Like if they had trouble with anything, you're pretty reasonable to deal with, I would say. Yeah, for sure. you. Yeah, like if someone has an issue with something, I'm going to help them out. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you know, that's too bad. Like it's going to be like, yeah, I I want everyone to be happy and I want them to get value for what they've bought. So if there's, you know, something wrong with something like, yeah, I want I want them to come straight back. And I guess that probably comes back too to the fact that you never even drew, drew a wage from this business for so many years. It really was based around just really building the business and kind of you were doing that by focusing on the customer and initially the whole business was based on bringing products to consumers like it wasn't a business plan to make millions it was a business plan for the consumers mm, yeah 100% I um you know when I look back at it I literally did it for the love of it like I obviously yeah. um you know didn't do it for the money because um for years and years and years there was never any reward from from doing it other than you know seeing people were happy with what I was providing them and being able to provide more products um, because it all went back into the business yeah and I keep going back on this and focusing on this because I'm thinking about all the young girls and and guys whoever's listening to this trying to start businesses in this industry and I just think it's really important to kind of really focus on what has made this business such a success um so yeah I firstly want to congratulate you on this insane business you've done so well and the longevity of it 13 years it's insane do you have any sort of future plans with the business and also the other thing I kind of wanted to, to touch on is understandably you've spent a lot of time at these events, like huge events that you haven't necessarily been able to compete at or ride your horses enough to compete at, I would assume. Do you have plans to kind of like maybe you be able to spend more time riding horses or something like that in the future? Um, yeah, I I really um, am always aware that there's got to be a point in life where you reach um, a goal or a, a point, I guess, that you're happy with and you don't always want more. You know, wanting more is great and it'll lead to success, but if you reach success and reach, you know, a, a fairly major goal in life and you continue to want more and set 
um, bigger and greater goals all the time, you're never really going to be able to achieve things that you want personally. Like you said, riding more, um, enjoying everyday life. Um, that's what I really, you know, believe, uh, brings happiness in life is the things that we enjoy doing. If, if we didn't have to go to work every day and, you know, woke up and someone asked us, well, what, what do you want to do today? You know, I, I would go out and ride horses all day and have, have a great day every day. Um, but you know, you've got to find that balance and you can't always want more, more, and more. Um, I am happy with what I've achieved in the business and I do want to continue to grow the business, meet more people, help more people, uh, find new customers, of course. And, I will continue to do that, but I do also uh, want to recognise that I am somewhat content with where I'm at in life um, and also spend a little more time doing the things I love um, because you are right. There's a lot of a lot of events that I've gone to that all my friends are there riding and having fun and uh, that's something they've worked towards. Obviously they've worked hard in their own jobs and then spent time riding their horses and chosen to spend their money um, going to the event to compete. Um, And I go there for work, which is my choice and that is totally fine. But it means that I don't get to ride. Um, You know, I've gone to Warwick every year for at least the last 10 years. And I I don't even know that I've, I've ridden in that time. Um, because I just can't do both. Um, this year I am possibly being a little bit crazy and taking two horses to the ABHA finals and also the shop. Um, I have got some people lined up to help me and I think it'll all work out pretty okay. Um, in regards to doing both, I'm just taking two pretty easy geldings along. Um, but one is in the futurity and one's in the maturity. So that's going to bulk my week up a little. Um, but you know, I'm making a little more time for things like that. Like I could go to Tamworth and just do the shop, but I'm like, no, if I have to open an hour late one day, because I've got a ride that morning, well, so be it because my life is going to pass me by and I'm not going to be able to do the things I love if I'm a hundred percent about the business. Um, which yes, I am really focused on it. Um, but finding that balance is important and being happy with um, where the business is at. Yeah. And I guess you have, it's just um, a thing of like, whatever your priorities and goals are too. But if you have worked so hard in the last 13 years to build this business to what it is today, so that maybe you can take some time off to then go and spend more time for the next 13 years riding your horses. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) That would be exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always kept a keen interest in horses and bred bred a few nice ones, and I just kind of am happy to poke along and get them trained when they're trained. And when I go away to shows, you know, um, I, I guess I have routines of um, over Christmas, um, like in Central Queensland, there's no competitions after about November, so then I will get. Uh, young horses in and ride but then they have to be turned out before we head to Tamworth for the ABCRA finals so 
my year is very much focused around the business and pop-up shops and what I'm doing. You know, I'll work horses for this period and then they'll go out for these few weeks and then I can bring them back in for this and, um, you know, just do things uh, when I can, I guess, and get them trained in between um, events and what other things I've got doing going on, sorry. Yeah, and I guess you're not sitting there bullying yourself for not being able to work them 24-7 when you know full well that you're doing that because you're building a business or have built a business for the last however many years yeah that's right I just I guess have to be um be happy with how they progress and um you know I, I always am happy to have a horse that goes out and does well um you know if they win that's a bonus but winning really means nothing to me like I've got much bigger things to worry about in life than going and winning a bow race like I'm happy to go to a bow race and have a horse do a nice job that'll make my day because that's what we practice at home that's what we train for um I don't say I train to win I train to have good solid horses that are good-minded and you know can camp draft and can bow race and can hold their own at both um yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm happy just for them to perform well and get there when they get there in their own time Awesome. Well, you will be at the ABHA finals with plenty of things for us all to buy and look over and spend our money on. I will be. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us on the Young Western. I feel like you're so you're like such an inspiration to so many people who do have bigger goals than just kind of being in the industry, who do have business goals and things like that. And I'd love to hear your story. Thanks for having me, Cheyenne. No worries. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Young Western Podcast. If you like this, you can head over to Facebook and find our closed Facebook page, the Young Western Podcast, or you can follow the links in our bio to all of our private Instagrams and TikToks and things like that. Any new episodes will be promoted on there, or you can email us at youngwesternpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.